Welcome to But Jesus Drank Wine and other stories that kept us stuck. I'm Mead. And I'm Christy. In this podcast, we'll explore the stories that kept us, well, stuck, wanting to drink and not wanting to drink all at the same time. Join us as we show you that freedom from alcohol does not have to mean a life sentence of misery and missing out, but actually means living an authentic life full of peace, joy, and purpose. Hello, and welcome to But Jesus Drank Wine and Other Stories That Kept Us Stuck. Mead coming to you here today solo. Uh, Christy is on her way back to London from, um, from, from California. And so I am coming to you solo today to bring you a little bit, a slightly different format than you're used to. If you're someone that's been listening for a while, you know that we bring new content every Monday. And so for this Monday, we are bringing you something a little bit different. I'll get to that in a second. But first, on behalf of Christy um, and everybody that helps us with the podcast, we just want to thank you for for tuning in, for listening. Um, you know, the messages that we've received from y'all, the response has been so just, we're so overwhelmed by the encouragement y'all are taking the time to offer us through email. We have a form in our show notes, um, says connect with Christy and Mead. It's a form that allows you to send us a message or ask us a question. I encourage you, if you have a question, a burning question, we want this content to be valuable to you. Um, and so if there is something, please let us know. We will absolutely cover it. And for those of you who have taken the time to reach out uh, and DM, for those of you who have shared with others, um, passed this podcast along, um, it thrills us to to hear that, you know, it, especially we get messages from from guys who say, I know I'm not the target audience for your podcast here, um, but I find a lot of value in this. And not only that, I'm sharing it with my sister and my wife and my, and they're sharing it. And there's just, I can't even, we are so humbled to hear how it is something that is landing with folks. And we are so, so thankful. Thank you. Um, when the Lord put this kind of podcast on our hearts t- to create um, it was something that we said that, you know, we were already having these conversations. This is, this is we, Christy and I love having chats. Why not hit record? And maybe it's something that will bring value to other people. But as long as it was something that felt like, um, it was being led by the Lord and also something that we were, you know, having fun with and perhaps bringing value to, to somebody, somebody out there who, um, maybe otherwise doesn't have a place to have this conversation or they're afraid to have this conversation. We are so happy to be your girlfriends in this conversation. And so as long as that is happening, we will continue having these chats and we'd love to hear from you. So we do encourage you to to send us a message. We read every single one of them. Um, And also, you know, writing a review. That's so helpful for this podcast, reaching more people, the way that the algorithms work. The more reviews we have, the more ratings we have, um, the more reach we have. And one of the, you know, resounding themes of these messages is how long overdue this conversation is. Air quote, if y'all know me, you know, I love an air quote. Um, I'm air quoting right now. Air quote, the sobriety conversation um, in the church. I mean, the sobriety conversation in the church has been happening for a while, but what what we mean is what we've heard is it's, you know, obviously this, it's the sobriety conversation in the church that's new and different. It's the, it's the shame free version 
of this conversation. And we are, again, just completely humbled and honored to be having that conversation and to be sharing it with y'all. Yeah, if it helps y'all have those conversations in much needed places, then I mean, what could be better? So uh, thank you so much for the response and the feedback. I, yeah, it's it's been so encouraging. And then so lastly, um, the format for today, um, the re-release of an episode, one of our favorites and one of the most popular, it's the 10 best things about never having to drink again. This is uh, a list y'all know how we do. It's way more than 10 things. And this is something that our lists are just constantly growing. Um, I think I'm up to like 18 pages in my iPad of things that I have found freedom from or, you know, things that I have received the gifts of being free from alcohol. My list keeps growing. And uh, and it's something that we'll continue to have a conversation about as that evolves for us in real time. Um, Christy will be bringing us an update to this episode soon when she does a whole episode on the 100 best things about never having to drink again when going to a Taylor Swift concert with your 13-year-old daughter. That's right, y'all. That's Christy has a list for you, okay? Major, major, major exciting things there. But for today, we invite you to listen to this conversation. If you're listening for a second time, listen with new ears. Maybe even taking this open-hand posture and um, and turning it over to the Lord and, and asking Him to reveal something in this that maybe you missed the first time or something in this that um, that will help you explore your relationship to alcohol. This is something that I uh, I always invite my clients to do. I know probably Christy does the same thing where we can say that we've read This Naked Mind and we've read Alcohol Explained and we've read, um, you know, all the, the, the quitlet and we have this new information, this new knowledge, and we've listened to all these podcasts and we can have all of that. And that's great. And we need that new information to help us change our desire for alcohol. But to have transformation with it, we have to take that information and do something with it. And sometimes I think, I don't know if this is scientifically sound or not, um, but I find personally that oftentimes I will listen to something again and something will stand out in a new way or a different way. And maybe I wasn't you know, ready to hear it or see it the first time, but now I am ready to lean into maybe the discomfort of it or the growth opportunity in it. And so revisiting helpful helpful resources can always be powerful if we're going into it with that curiosity and that open mindset that says like, okay, there might be something here for me and let me just allow it to maybe reveal to me something that will be helpful for me to take with me on this next part of my journey. So um, with that and without further ado, we hope that you enjoy the 10 plus plus things, um, 10, I should say, best things um, about never having to drink again. Enjoy. See you next week. Hi. Oh, my gosh. Guys, this is a fun guys. one. So fun. This is, is going to be so fun. We want to thank all of you for listening, for tuning in, for sharing it and all that good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's been, um, it's been fun to hear feedback from people and already hear kind of like what people are interested in hearing more of and what has, um, 
yeah, what they've been enjoying. So we're so grateful. Thank you so much. Oh, yay. Um, well, we're going to do a fun one today. We are going to do our, the 10 best things about living alcohol-free. And Mead and I kind of went went on, <laughs> on our own and we did our own list. Okay. So we don't know what each, what each other's lists say. So there, there might be some similarities. I'm assuming there's going to be some similarities. So we're just going to ping back and forth and say our things. And then we're going to talk about them. And then we're, I mean, this is not an exhaustive list, right, babe? <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, I found it harder. So I've been, I started this list like years ago when I started this. It's like all the things that I found freedom from by first finding freedom from alcohol. And so like, I have like 14 pages of my iPad with all these like, I just keep discovering these things that I, if I hadn't first found freedom from alcohol, this would not be available. And so as part of that, like kind of ongoing list, then going and picking like our 10 best things about never having to drink again, that was really hard because I have a thousand best things about never having to drink again. But, um, but this is a really fun little activity so that we could kind of yeah, see where we like match up on things and um, dive into it a little bit. Yeah, and I think it's so good we're doing this too because I think when you you read like, especially now that dry, like January is wrapped up, so many of the articles that you read, right, are about the physical things yeah. and it's, which is so great. And I've got some of that on my list. Don't get me wrong. But Same. it's about so much more than that, right? Yeah, that is so true. It's like all the things... I always say this too, like, I'm sure I probably said it here that when I was starting this journey, I, to just think that I could live free without alcohol, like that I, that I could effortless, effortlessly not drink alcohol, like that would have been good in and of itself. Uh, I would have been happy with that. I would have like written off into the sunset and would have been fine. Yeah. But then to be, and like, you know, the things that, you know, you're, like, you know, it's mostly with the sciences, like your, your, your weight's probably going to be, you know, better controlled. You, you know, all the things that we kind of worried about, or I worried about back when I was drinking all the time, that um, your skin is better, better sleep, you know, anxiety, all of those kind of things too. But then you really see what these things are. And it's like, oh my gosh, who knew? Who knew it could get so much better? Yeah, so true. So true. Do you want to start with one of your first ones? And I think, I mean, I don't know about you, but I didn't put mine in any particular order. Did you? Same. No. Okay. Mm -mm. Yeah. So like, they're just very, um, very general. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think, but I would put this one first overall is that like the, uh, all of my relationships are better. Like number mm -hmm. one, all of my relationships are better, um, because I don't ever have to drink again. So deeper connection to the Lord. Uh, my marriage is better. My marriage was good before, but it is exponentially better. Um, I mean, my relationship with my kids. And so I think that all you could kind of like encapsulate that as like the presence. One of the best things about never having to drink again is that the ability to be present and like meaningful, meaningfully connect to people. Um, that's for sure a big one for me. Yeah, yeah, and I kind of have. Yeah, I kind of had that on my list too, but I I broke up out like a stronger marriage, and I enjoy my children now. Um, yeah, slash like better relationship with them, but also, and those are so good, and we can talk about that. Like, I don't know a lot, but also I found that like when it came to relationships, like 
my girlfriends, the ones like my my true relationships solidified themselves, if that makes sense, right? And like the people that were going to be my people, like it was very clear, very, very fast who were my go-to people, which is funny, right? Because like, I think we talked about it when we talked about the connection episode, like that was such a fear of losing friends, but it ends up being such a blessing, right? Yeah. And that's, uh, yeah. And I think that's why it's so big. So like one of my top for sure is that the very thing that I was most afraid of is actually what I got and benefit a thousand times greater than I ever could have imagined. So yeah, yeah, I, I, I agree. It's, it's the, I think too, it's that, um, it, yeah, it's, it's really kind of finding your people, you know, mm-hmm. um, when you can show up without the mask of alcohol and how that kind of changes things, you really have an opportunity to, find your people and figure out like where you yeah 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 so good and I think we probably should I mean at some point probably just do an episode on maybe how how our marriages like improved and how our walk with Jesus specifically improved and our relationship with our kids because they're such those are massive right <laughs> I know it's it's it feels kind of silly to like mention that and like be like and let's move on to the next thing because they're so big but you're but you're right and I think that like um you know the yeah I lost my train of thought sorry Emily (laughs) sorry Emily (laughs) there was something there was something about that that I was I was gonna mention that I was like that we got to say that oh my gosh relationship Oh, yeah, I got it. Okay, we're back. Yeah, so, yeah, exactly. It's that, um, and I can't wait till we do the episode where we share our faith stories as well, because I think that that is something that maybe people that don't know us would listen and they would be like, oh, okay, like these are probably girls who, you know, have always been Christian and had always had the strong faith and and I won't speak to what yours is, but my story is, is very different and you know, I can't wait to be able to share how my faith has developed in a totally different and deeper way since first finding freedom from alcohol and what that um, kind of looked like for me. And so, yeah, we're going to have to, we have so many episodes we could, <laughs> we could do. And so good. We love doing it. One of the things, one of the greatest things of finding freedom from alcohol is being able to do this and like hang out with you. This is what I get to do for work. I get to hang out with you on a whatever morning it is, Wednesday morning, and chat about some of our favorite things. Like, what could be bad about that? (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. I love that so much. It's so true. So that's, yeah, yeah. So good. All right. Should I go next? (laughs) Yes. Go right. Um, Okay. So you said relationships. um, So I'm going to say, like, joy. And again, this could be a whole episode in and of itself. But um, when I learned about Norfin. <laughs> Let me just tell you, did I cry? <laughs> did I cry? Right? Because I'll just explain it for our listeners that don't know. And please like jump in if I leave anything out. But when we drink, we do like experience this like, you know, momentary feeling of euphoria. And that is from dopamine, right? It's from this dopamine release in our brains. And in order to ca- counteract that, chemical release, we have to bring our our bodies and our brains back to homeostasis, right? Because the alcohol is 
too much of an artificial high. So we've got to we've got to balance ourselves out. And so in order to do that, we're get like basically this chemical dynorphin is also dumped into our systems. And this this chemical is basically it's the buzzkill hormone, right? It's trying to kill the buzz, literally, um, to balance us out. But the problem is, is that it just stays in our system and it brings us lower and lower. And when you're a regular drinker, like I was drinking at least a glass of wine, if not more every night, like that stuff was just in my system all the time. And so my baseline mood was like mm. Eeyore from Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> Right? Like, I was just like, I was a little bit grumpy. Like, we've talked about low-grade irritability on here before. High-grade <laughs> <laughs> irritability. But but if you may not, and this is the crazy bananas thing about this, is you don't really notice it until you stop drinking because you so see true. the massive shift. And so this is why, like, going on a break from alcohol while learning about this is such, so, so awesome because you actually feel it. Like, this is why... If you guys are in the Sober Curious community for a hot minute, you've heard of the pink cloud because you literally feel high because all this other stuff has left your system. But for me, and I don't know about you, I want to know, but I just kind of like stayed up on that pink cloud. I feel like it never came down. I feel happier. I feel true joy. I enjoy like all the little things about the day, right? The sunshine, the blue sky, which in here in London, we very rarely see. But you know what I mean? Tell me, tell yeah. me about your, yes. tell me about your, your joy stuff. Oh, totally. It's, um, it's the, the joy and the peace, the love, yeah. the joy and the peace, the LJP, right? That I, um, for sure was missing out on because in, when I was stuck in the drinking cycle, I, I guess I would liken it to, it was, it was chasing happy and happy as a result oh, I love- of, you know, of circumstances, like when everything's going my way, then I'm happy. And so when things weren't going my way, when things were outside of my control, not going my way, the alcohol was the the, the so-called counter to that in that constant state of like chasing for chasing the happy. Whereas like, yeah, the joy that comes in being like joy and contentment like I always, you know, we've talked about this before too. Like I would have, oh, I would have said that it's lame to be content or co- like, you know, just even that would have been lame. Like we should, you know, everything should be big and exciting and fun. It's, it's the joy that comes from being able to experience all the emotions and not be uh, dependent upon circumstances, things we can't control and not feeling like I, you know, with, regular alcohol use, like the lows get lower and the, and then we're, we need the highs to be higher. And so we are in this like ping ponging roller coaster kind of, um, state emotionally that, that, that keeps us from being able to kind of enjoy the things that we normally enjoy. And so we're we're chasing that, chasing the happiness. I'm so glad I don't have to chase happy anymore. Uh, I love that. Joy is just a constant, right? Like even when it's, when things aren't going my way, like joy is there. Yeah. And you can find it so much easier, like more easier, easier. You can find it easier. That's what I was trying to say. And, and yeah, and just when I remember when it wasn't just me that got emotional about learning how you've been dumped with this chemical that makes you not, that basically keeps you down, keeps you down. And so it makes you feel like you have just, in a way, not be 
not been present in a way that you feel like you may want to have been in your life, right? Like how many times was I at a sporting event for the kids or a, a play of, you know, my daughter Ella's and just wasn't like, couldn't, couldn't get as happy as I can now. That's for sure. Mm. Right. Yeah. And so that it makes you sad as a mom, I think, to know that. Right. Mm. It's yeah. I have on my list. One of my 10 is an, um like not having to play the if, when, then game, you know, like mm. not having to so like it was always like, well, if I can just make it until Friday. So like if I can just make it till Friday, then I can relax because then that was back when I also had the rules of like no drinking during the week. If I could just make it to Friday, then I can relax. Or if I can just, okay, if I can just make it through this kid's, you know, game or whatever, then I can, then we can go to dinner afterwards. Or it's like that if, when, and then like it's constantly kind of looking for that next, where my next happy is going to come from with missing kind of what was happening in the moment. So I, one of the best things is that I don't, I don't, I don't have to play the if, when, then game anymore. You know, it's just, yeah, yeah. It's that ability to be kind of present and like, this is what I'm experiencing right now. I'm not constantly chasing that next exciting thing. Yeah. That's so good. That's so, so good. And so true. Um, what's next on your list? Next on my list is, um, well, this is, this is another big one, but, uh, I mean, I'm more creative and I'm smarter. Like, <laughs> yes, <laughs> the fact that I don't ever have to drink alcohol again means that I get to be more creative and I get to be smarter. And that is something that, I mean, I don't really remember hearing that. I don't feel like that's one that like through the dry Januaries that people talk about that's available. Cause I do think that maybe that is something that comes as a result of feeling free from alcohol, the difference between just removing alcohol from your life and then feeling totally free from alcohol. But, um, but I mean, alcohol changes our gray matter. It shrinks our gray matter, shrinks our brains, literally shrinks our brains. Um, and so like your cognitive ability, I, it's crazy how I, I feel younger and more cognitive, cognitively, I can't speak any better. <laughs> I'm smarter, even though I don't sound smarter. Um, but like that cognitive ability is so much greater. Like, and what am I able to learn? What am I able to like take in and make connections? Like that's exciting to me now. And then the creativity piece that comes from that, I used to always like say, like I would have sworn that I wasn't creative, but finding freedom from alcohol uh, pointed me back to something that I'd forgotten that actually I'm a really good writer. And I, I was a good writer as a kid and I, I'd forgotten that that was something where I, and so for like 20 years, I would say like, I'm just not creative at all. Like somebody else's gift. So I feel like those two go hand in hand, but like the creativity and that creativity is what drives me. Love it. I get so much energy from that. And then I'm just smarter. Like my brain just works better. Yeah. Oh my gosh. If I could just, I wish I could go back to law school and do it all again. Not really, because honestly, we're past that. But well, still, yeah, I know what you mean. It, the bar, like when I was studying for the California bar, um, and by the way, there was, an, have I told you that there was an earthquake during the bar Stop. exam? Yeah. On day one, session one. Yes. Uh, yeah. But I mean, <laughs> and talk about anxiety. Thank the Lord I did pass. However, how hard was I making it on myself by rewarding myself after a long day of studying for months and months with a bottle of wine? Like how much better... <laughs> I mean, it doesn't matter, 
you know, a pass fail. But like, yeah, a hundred percent. And I just remember before my coaching business kicked off, like just going to work or like, you know, mm-hmm. just everything was harder. Everything was harder. And I would procrastinate and not do things that were so easily done. It could like ties back into into what you were saying about just being both smart and creative. Like it's just, it makes those things so much more difficult. Yeah. It makes every, it, it makes it, um, everything's just a little bit harder. And, and then when you're in that, I, I, I like, I like to like picture in a nerdy, this is so nerdy, but I'm going to say it. Okay. Nerd I, out. <laughs> I literally like to picture like my, my brain, like all the little things firing and connecting that have been dormant for, you know, the 25 years that I regularly consumed alcohol. Like, I feel like those, whatever they are, neurons, whatever, they were asleep and there were parts that maybe worked well. But now, like, I feel like my brain is just always lighting up. Just being able to function better is so huge. And that's something that I would not have believed that there would have been a noticeable difference of. of yeah. Uh, someone had said beforehand, you know? Yeah, that's so good. So good. So good. All right. What about you? Is it my turn? Yeah. So you mentioned, you mentioned peace when we were talking about joy, but I have peace on here because, Mm. and I wrote down, I was confusing chaos with fun. (laughs) And this was a big one for me. Wait a minute. Oh my gosh. Say that again. Say that again. I know. It is, it is really, really big. And I feel like, I was confusing chaos with fun or fun with chaos, whichever way. But like when I really got clear about what I was like considering fun, Mm. it was really chaotic, you know? And so there were, I think, honestly, even into my second year of living alcohol-free, I would have this moment where I would get in bed and I would like close my eyes. And I like would just have this like massive sense of relief, like nothing bad's going to happen. And like, it wasn't like I was ever like, I mean, I live in London, so we take cabs anywhere, but it wasn't like something Mm. like that. But it was, it was clear. I was like, it was almost like recovering from something really traumatic, right? Where I was just like, okay, I'm safe. Like I am safe. Nothing bad's going to happen. I know where I am. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just... And this is just from, you know, like a, just a few wild nights out on the town. But I, I didn't realize how much it was like, I guess that ties into anxiety too, right? It's just like, anyways, I would get into bed and I would feel this overwhelming sense of peace. And I would wake up with that sense of peace. And I was just like, holy cow, I don't want to go back there. Oh, my gosh. I love that so much. And like that should be a quote because um, the confusion of fun as, but it really was chaos. And when we're in it, it's so hard to see, but I can think of so many nights where there was so much mental real estate and worry around how I was going to get home. Like, what if I wanted to come home earlier? Yeah. Like, what happens if, you know, I drink too much, like all of those things. And to your point, like getting in bed and feeling that relief of like, okay, I kind of made it through. And then now it's, you know, one of those things being able to like reflect back and see, wow, was was that really fun? All that it took to kind of play into that. That's all that like subconscious stuff that I think is so tricky and so sneaky 
in this Mm -hmm. is that we don't realize when we're in it all that it's taking from us um, in that way. That is so good. But you know what? And and this is so good because it also took me a while to to put that those two together. Like it was a recent like revelation where I was like, wow, that was really chaotic and actually, actually probably not very much fun. (laughs) Yeah. When you take, when you look at the big picture of it, right. And you take those things into consideration and then also, yeah, like I was thinking about too, like, you know, one of the best things being so-called smarter the day after. I mean, Mm -hmm. my brain, like, hungover? Forget it. My brain does not work. Mm -hmm. It did not work well hungover. So it wasn't just that like over like a long period of time, but like similarly to this, it's in looking at all of it that influences. So when we have those limiting beliefs, when we have, when we're so sure that alcohol is fun and it's what creates fun, it's like zooming out and looking at all of those things that play into it, like the day before, the day of, the day after, the week after, all of those things like you just highlighted in that. So good. Yeah. Yeah. What's next on your list? Um, so I have freedom from a case of the Mondays. Ooh, yeah. I Carter, mean, that's really bad. Shout out to Carter, my almost 11-year-old. He is the king of having cases of Mondays. I cannot get that kid out of bed. <laughs> I mean, it's it's just hard, right? Because it's Monday, right? But I, what, one of like the, one of the things I noticed in the very, very beginning was, oh my gosh, I do not dread Monday. Um, like Monday is the same as Friday now to me. So Friday used to be like my, you know, like, just make it to Friday. Like then, you know, um, now like Monday is that day for me or Tuesday or Wednesday. Like they're all the same, like seven, seven days of the week. It's not like, oh, okay, <laughs> Friday, Friday, Saturday and Sunday, those are going to be the best. And then I dread Monday. They're all, they're all opportunities. And to like wake up joyfully excited about the day. Um, I mean, you know, for the most part, like this isn't all rainbows and unicorns all the time, but, um, it's just so, it's so different. I used to like, I think I mentioned this on another episode, like workout and, you know, healthy, eat, like all the things all week. And, you know, by Friday you feel so good. And then you go into a weekend where it's a lot of social and drinking and then maybe overindulging food wise. And then by Monday, like I would start the week more tired, bloated, disgusting, feeling just the lowest of the low and have to start the work week that way. It was miserable. I had the worst, yeah, case of the Mondays when I was drinking. Yeah, I did the exact same thing, the exact same thing, except I think I started like Thursdays are considered, I feel like the start of the weekend here. So it was like, (laughs) you know, but I completely agree with that. And and it, it's and when you and another thing that we get to do now, right, is we get to design design our days in this intentional way where like Monday is actually like Monday morning. I take a Pilates class I really like and I do a long dog a long walk with the dog and the park. And like it's it's I love it. Yeah. Well, that, yeah, exactly. It's like creating that life by design and not by default, like having to start your week this way. And now my Monday mornings are so sacred because they're my time to like, everybody's, you know, school and work. And like, it gives me time to, you know, take care of me and start my week that way. And so, yeah, I love that. So, so good. 
Sounds good. Is it my turn? It's your turn. Um, so patience. And mm. I think we did touch we touched on that too, but like I am not a patient person by well, that's a limiting belief. <laughs> that's a story. Yes, that's a story. But um I don't feel like I'm great at being patient. And um and yeah, I just like I have to, it's something that I definitely have to work on. And I saw a massive difference when I stopped drinking. I just now I have so much more patience with every single person in my life, including the Starbucks barista or whoever it is, you know, like taking, I was, we were actually just at, um, I took Ella to a show in the West end over the weekend. And it was like a super chaotic. She wanted a program, blah, blah, blah. Went up to the counter. I was like, hi, how are you? And she's like, you're the first person that has like asked me that today. Mm -hmm. And not to toot my own horn. That's not what I'm trying to say, but like, I wouldn't have done that before at all. I would have just been like, lady, give me the program. Show, show starts in five minutes. I'm late. Go, 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 go. You know what I mean? So just having that time to like talk to people, listen to people, not not be so on edge with my kids, not be so on edge with my husband, like all of it. Just it's so good. What yeah. Well, so I feel like that bleeds into like a couple of mine too. It's like the um, my tolerance for discomfort or like yeah. not in what you were describing. It's like that hustle. Like I was always in that constant state of like hustle and hurry and like quick, which bleeds all together. With, I mean, you don't have patience when you're always in that place. And so like my uh, my tolerance for discomfort of like, oh, we don't have a, you really want a program? We don't have a program? Well, this show's about to start. Like that would have been something for sure for me that would have been like, okay, fine. Like, let me get, just like you described versus now it's like, Okay, we'll go see if they have a program. And hey, how are you? Like, I could appreciate that so much. I wish I had a an example of what that looks like for me specifically, but I completely agree. That's a good one. But I mean, and your um, the way that you said it is so great. Just like your what your capacity for discomfort is that what you said? Tolerance for discomfort. Tolerance. Yeah. yeah. I feel like when I think of when I think of my tolerance for discomfort, I think about sitting in traffic. <laughs> yeah, you have traffic where you are. Yes. Okay. Yes. Right. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Well, I thought you. I thought you were just outside, so maybe you don't have like major city traffic, but you have to. Okay. True. Yes. True. Okay. Well, London traffic is bananas, and it just is a lot. But you know, it's just now. I'm just like, okay. Well, it's a great time to listen to a podcast or put on some worship music. I do my bre my best worship music sessions on the Wandsworth Bridge roundabout. If anyone is here in London, it's just sta like standstill traffic. And now I'm just like, okay, well, I'm going to be sitting here for 15 minutes anyways. Might as well play some good songs. <laughs> I, I I know. It's like that capacity for, yeah, just at, well, like I had on my list too, like being okay in boredom, being okay, mm -hmm. you know, like with or being alone or not having, you know, we've talked about the noise thing before, not having something on and sitting inside, like being okay in all of those spaces that before would have created. And I think it all kind of ties back to anxiety too. And how alcohol is not the thing that is helping me relieve my anxiety. It is in fact increasing my anxiety. And in that way, it's creating smaller and smaller tolerance for discomfort and our awareness of that. So yeah, I, I love that. So I kind of like hijacked yours and added on. And no, that's okay. We knew that was going to happen. Yeah. We knew that was going to happen. What's next on your list? Um, I've got 
freedom from um, the one of well, one of the best thing. Okay, like, this is this is huge. One of the best things about never having to drink again is that I don't I don't have FOMO anymore. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I am free from FOMO, and it's the greatest gift because, and it also bleeds into another one of mine, like freedom from the chess game of like. If I do this, then maybe this person will say this or do that or that. Like, oh, how to get all yes. the pieces, having to manipulate all the pieces as if we have control over all of these things. That's what's so crazy to you is I thought yeah. I could control all of these things. But, um, but yeah, FOMO. Like, there's so many things that I did out of being, you know, being a- afraid I was going to miss out. And it was missing out on the fun. But also, like, I had this little, like, concept that FOMO is really phoby. S O, you know, me and my like letters here, but Bobby, um, <laughs> fear of becoming irrelevant. So, like, yeah. so, like, it, so, like, my fear of missing out, I realized was like, if I don't go to that thing or I can't go to that thing, that social event, then yes, I'm going to miss some fun time. Sure. And I want to have fun. But more than that, it's going to be, but then they're going to have fun without me. Mm-hmm. And then, and then they're going to, maybe that I don't get invited next time. And because they're going to say that like, oh, but they didn't need me to have fun. They had fun without me. And so then all of a sudden, like, I'm just kind of cut out from that. And that, I think, for me was a big driving um, factor behind my FOMO was was that. And the freedom from that is uh, massive, massive, massive. Yes, yes. I totally, I totally relate. And I'm sure you hear it all the time from clients that like in the beginning, right? It's like, but I'm. But but what what if what if I don't get invited? What if they think I'm boring? Mm-hmm. What if what if what if what if? And I was like, I always say, I'm like, sister, I get it. I was there. I yeah. was totally there. But just let me tell you, <laughs> it gets better. It gets better, and you get to be released from the constant desire to feel feel relevant to people. You know, like and like it's exactly what you said. Like you, we can't control that if we're there or not. So. Yeah. And it's also, for me, it has opened up this ability to like, again, kind of go back to that, like life by design versus default where I'm like, oh, I, it's okay. Like I can see where, where my values are, where, okay, like I haven't, we haven't had a family night and it's been a minute since we've had a family night. That's super high on my priority list. So now I can hold that against maybe an invitation I've gotten and I can say, you know what? No, I'm going to go with what I what is a bigger priority for me versus being torn by, but then if we don't do this thing, we're going to miss out. And then, and so that I was compromising, you know, where I wanted to put my time and energy, if that, if that makes sense. And that is, that is huge. I love that so much. I love that so, so much, especially too, babe, because like our kids are getting to the age where like, we have to make sure that we we're getting way off track here, but like we have to make sure that when they're going to give us the time of day that we're there for them and choosing them over our friends, otherwise we won't see them at all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, exactly, and that's and that's something too. Yeah, I mean, that, throw that on the list. Yeah, throw that on the list. What's parenting, yours? What's parenting yours? tweens and teens. Is it my turn? Yeah. Uh, patience. I said um, freedom from, and I we kind of touched this that so we don't have to spend a lot of time on it, but just freedom from the mental bloodbath of like mm. how. How many drinks has so-and-so at the table finished her glass? If I order another one now, everyone going to think I'm drinking too much. 
Is the waiter looking my direction so I can flag him for another cocktail? Am I drinking too much? Do I have wine at home for when I when I get home from this dinner? Like all of that stuff. And then, of course, with that, all of the rules, you know, I'll just have one. I'll have water, blah, 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 all those rules. I mean, it was just exhausting. It, when you let go of that and find freedom from that, like the mental real estate, it's probably why we're so much smarter. <laughs> so we have exactly. We have, um, <laughs> right? That's true. Yeah, but you're right. It's all of that noise. For me, that was huge. And it was something that I couldn't have put my finger on when I was in it as totally what was getting in my way or making me feel so miserable. But the absence of it now is where it's like, oh my gosh. Like, so yeah, that bleeds into one I had on my list, like the creation of time and space in my life. Yes. Best things of never having to drink again is that there's this, it's like, literally I'm like, it's this really cool trick where (laughs) all of a sudden there's more time in my day. And I don't mean just because I'm not physically, you know, spending time drinking, right? I'm talking about what you're talking about with the mental realist, the, t- the time that it takes to process all of that thinking, to plan for it, to prep, to make sure I base up and have a good lunch so that when I have- Oh my gosh, yeah. Like multiple glasses tonight, it won't, you know, when I'm out and whatever. Like all of that, it bleeds into the whole like chess game thing. Well, if I do this, then I'm going to have to make sure I do this or- I'm going to have to drink this much here. And it's the rules and the rigidity and the, oh my gosh. Like I'm exhausted just talking about it. (laughs) We lived it for so long. I know. I know. I know. And then like, I mean, we don't even have to go there, but like then the calorie counting that came in with that Uh, too. It's like, okay, well, I know I need to coat my stomach with something carby so I don't fall over. Mm -hmm. But gosh, I don't want to make sure I like go up a couple ounces on the scale because that would be horrible. Yeah, better drink the protein shake tomorrow and do a fast so that I can compensate with the carbs that I had to eat at lunch to base up for the drinking that I'm going to do tonight. Yes, I went from drinking wine every night to drinking straight Casamigos tequila with sparkling water and lime for this very reason, literally Mm. for this very reason. And like, listen, there was enough marketing out there and on all the places that made it look like, I mean, that's a skinny margarita. You know what I mean? Basically. And so I was just drinking tequila literally because I was like, and I thought to myself too, babe, I was like, I have cracked the code. This is the code. I can have two of these and feel the same as I would after three glasses of wine or four. But, you know, it's just, I mean, I'm, yeah, no, I'm getting exhausted. <laughs> I know, right? But that's true. And I, I went through a Casamigos phase too. I did. Like, exactly like that. It's like, okay, well, wine has too much sugar and too many calories. And so, like, uh, you know, my pants are getting tighter. And I'm still, I'm killing myself in the gym five days a week. Like, killing myself. So, like, something's got to give. Okay, well, I'll switch to... And it, and it didn't last very long for me because I didn't enjoy it, so to speak, as much. Um, but yeah, it's all of that negotiating we do internally below our level of like conscious awareness, really. And that that occupies a ton of space in our heads, in our bodies, in our lives, in our minds. And I'm so grateful for that creation of time and space, this expansiveness, this openness that I feel that's like... I don't know. It's just amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's your turn. Is it mine? Mm-hmm. Okay. So we're, kind of popping all, we're popping all over. 
So this is one that will kind of like, one of the best things about never having to drink again is um, quality time, shall I say, with my husband. (laughs) One-on-one time with my husband. I'm trying to see if there's a bounce, like a wow, wow, like little sound I can make on this clown, but I can't. So yeah. we don't, we're not going to get X-rated yeah. here, you guys. This is a clean podcast. This is. But it, it's worth mentioning that I didn't realize that um, alcohol reduces testosterone in men and women. And I mean, I, you know, whatever, we can talk about men later. But, um, and with reduced testosterone, that affects things, not only like fatigue and weight gain and depression and anxiety, um, hair loss, but it also affects libido. And so that is something that I'm so grateful to know and to also have now experience the difference in that. And yeah, uh, the way that alcohol dulls your senses. So I'll leave that right there. I'm just going to say I agree with all of that. And yes, check. Yes. <laughs> Yes. So yeah, best, best things about never having a drink again. What Um, you got? Okay. So I feel the healthiest I've ever felt in my life and the strongest. And I'm not even killing myself in the gym like I was before. I do workouts that I enjoy and I do them primarily for my mental health, not because I'm trying to look in a certain way in a bathing suit, which is, we can do a whole episode on that. Um, But just I feel stronger and healthier and and fitter not in like a I'm gonna go do a like a bikini body contest it's just like I feel good in my in my clothes and I feel strong and I feel healthy and it just is literally primarily from cutting out alcohol mm-hmm. I I yeah I can piggyback on that for sure it's on my list too it's like that um one of the best things is this I'm learning to love my body yeah in a way that allows me to see it not as the enemy and this thing that I had to like project yeah yeah this thing that I had to like visit you know it was all about the physical it was all about what it looks like and how it fits into certain clothes and what it looks like in certain clothes and oh my gosh yeah in a bathing suit forget it and now it's about how I feel and and so moving my so I don't even say like exercise anymore I say I like I like to move my body and Moving my body could be, um, you know, going for a walk. It could be doing my little Peloton workouts. It could be whatever it is. I'm going to move my body because when I move my body, I feel stronger and I feel healthier versus being fixated on looking a certain way and having those rules and things that um, that mean that I'm always fighting with my body, right? And always yeah. looking at it in disgust and going like, oh my gosh, well, I got to get rid of that over there or, you know, bikini season's right around the corner. So time to start, yeah. you know, start really taking it seriously in the gym. Mm-hmm. There's just there's just not that noise anymore around that. And that is so amazing. Yeah. We need to do a whole, we need to do a whole episode on that, honestly, yeah. because I got really vulnerable and wrote a blog post about it. Um, and it was like, I just got a lot of feedback of women that feel the same way. And I wasn't expecting the feedback that I got. I thought it was one of those things again, right? Where I was like, I'm definitely alone in this one, but we should def, we need to do an episode on that because we have so many similarities. Who's your favorite Peloton instructor? 
I love um, Callie and Andy are my go-tos. Okay. But I don't, this is, this is really funny. I don't have a bike. I don't, I don't bike. I don't do the bike. Oh, so okay. I have that okay. app. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. So I just use the app and do like the strength training and the cardio and all that Oh, stuff. cool. Okay. Amazing. Awesome. Yeah. Who's your favorite instructor? I love Cody Rigsby because he plays all the, the the tunes from high school. He does okay. like all the the Britney and the NSYNC and all that good stuff. So it's like, it's just, you know, all the stuff that like my kids won't let me play. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> That's funny. So I what, what else turn. you got? Is it mine? Um, We've got like, like five minutes left. So let's, um, we'll go, we'll go a little like shorter on our deep dives into these. But what's your next one? As she's looking right at me, she's like, me. I'm not. I'm looking at my, my notes. No, God. <laughs> I was just kidding. Um, so uh, this is something, this this is like little, but it's so big too. Uh, I love that I don't have to worry about like driving in the evenings. Like, so mm-hmm. I used to dread when my kids got a Saturday afternoon slash evening birthday invitation because that meant that I'd have to go. We'd have to like, you know, curb our our social plans in order to be able to drive to go pick up our kids and being able to, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, and now I see it too, like in like the teen years with a teenager, I love that my daughter, I can drop her off at a friend's house. It's so different going into the teen years. Too. All right. All right. Fine. I'll skip the deep, you know? Yeah. I'll stay on track here. I promise. <laughs> I'll, I'll stick to the, stick to the uh, main, main topic here, but being able to like, drop her at a friend's house for a social and literally say to her, call me anytime. You, you don't want to be there. Mm-hmm. You feel unsafe. You're uncomfortable, whatever. I will come and get you in a heartbeat. And to really truly mean that and not have to worry about if I, oh, well, let me only get, just let me have one glass of wine. And I hope she doesn't call me. And then at what point can I decide that she's going to stay and that I'm not going to have to come yes. get her for a while so I can have another glass of wine and then I have to space that out. Mm-mm. Now there's so much freedom and being like, oh, you want to go do this? Great. It's Friday night. Sweet. I'll pick you up at 11. Well, your dad's going to pick you up at 11 because I'm going to be in bed. But <laughs> but yeah. we're, we're not out drinking, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. And to that point, too, like just in like, you know, if there if there's an emergency, right? Like Carter fell, broke his arm and like we were at like a communion party and under all normal circumstances. Like pre 2020, I would have been drinking, but I was fine. And so I could get him to the hospital driving. And we were out in like the middle of nowhere near Oxford. And so I had to, you know, so like, yes, to your point, the ability to drive a car when we have children is just super important. Super important. Yeah. And that's where I first maybe realized my son had a heart condition when he was a baby. And, and it, and it meant, you know, it was, pretty serious. And I remember sitting there in the hospital when we almost like learning about this, we almost lost him. It was a horrible, horrible thing. And that he, we would have to kind of like monitor his heart ongoing, at least for this whole first year of life. And I remember thinking, oh my gosh, like I'm going to have to be with it because at any minute I'm going to have to potentially take him to the ER. And, and I, and maybe that was a sign back then that like alcohol was taking up too much space in my, in my life, um, or was starting to, but to not have to worry about that. My youngest has a health condition now where I have to be on guard a lot. And it's so amazing to be able to not worry about waking up in the middle of the night. And if I have to get her to the ER, I can. Um, so like those are extreme, but also they're not like Saturday birthday, birthday party invitations. Great. Bring on the 
I used to like judge yeah. parents for like, who has a kid's birthday party on a Saturday no. night? Sister, you and me both. Oh my you gosh. And me both. My public apology for any kid, kid's party who invited us. Anyway. I'm just going to rattle. It's your good. I'm going to rattle off the couple that I had and then you rattle off yours. So um, I enjoy my children so much better. I said that mornings, love my mornings now. And also like, hello, how much money are we saving <laughs> by not drinking? Right? Like I, I gave myself a low ball estimate of like daily, like drinking. I think I put it at like 20 pounds. It was probably way more than that. But I mean, here we are almost three years and I've saved what, like over 20 grand, like pounds. Like that's yes. bananas. What about you? Yeah. That money is huge. The $800 a month that, that wasn't just my alcohol, by the way, like $800 a month is what I have saved in not drinking. And I also did drink nice wine. That was part of yeah, it. Yeah, me too. It wasn't just all the, the quantity. Part of it was quantity, but I mean, that's huge, right? Like that savings is massive. I mean, and with my husband, like he used to buy all these nice, bur like he doesn't drink bourbon. He doesn't, he hardly drinks at all. That money savings is huge. Um, I had on my list and we kind of talked on that too, but things are just more fun. I'm more playful. I laugh more. Like there's just more childlike wonder and play that was not there when really my whole adult life, to be honest. Um, yeah. And I, I think hear that's, you on that. that's something that you could have told me, but I would have had a really hard time believing that that was true. And it is, it's, it's so true. So mm -hmm. any others that you want to mention? Um, we talked about freedom, like freedom from the rules, all this, all that, that, that was one of mine. And then, um, freedom from the, uh, the pinball being just a pin, like being the pinball in a pinball machine. I feel like that's what I, I was just always being bounced <laughs> around, you know, and it's that yeah. kind of living by default. Um, that's not the case anymore. So yeah. I love that. I love oh, that. Oh, oh, and oh, oh, oh. And the last one, um, being able to like rest. Yeah. Like actual, get actual restorative. Oh my gosh, did neither rest. of us say sleep? And that's our favorite thing. Whoops. <laughs> I just, I just thought of that. I was like, rest and sleep. The sleep is so much better. I'm did so much we, more rested. We're doing an episode just on sleep, right? We have to do that. We've got that we on the list. We have to do that right? one. Because yes. that's actually my favorite thing. And I forgot to say it. <laughs> like who knew that it was possible to not feel always like dire, tired. Yeah. yeah. Exhausted. So so many good things. I'm. So I have like many good things. Fourteen pages here of things that, yeah, I'm gonna keep adding to. Yeah, let us know, guys. Um, yeah, I mean, just come and come and hang out with us in our community and let let us know like what your favorite things are. What did we miss? What were you surprised by? And um, we will be here again for you next Monday. Yes. Bye, y'all. Yes. Bye, babe. Thank you so much for joining us again this week. You can find all of our episodes at butjesusdrankwine.com and make sure you follow us over on the gram at Love Life Sober with Christy and Mead at I'm Not Sober, I'm Free.
To learn more about what we do, you can visit our websites at meethollandshirley.com and lovelifesober.com. Take a screenshot of this podcast and share it with a friend or two. And don't forget to subscribe so you don't have to worry about missing a single episode. And if you love what we're doing, please leave us a review on Apple or Spotify. This helps more women who are feeling stuck and alone in the overdrinking cycle to find hope and encouragement. Thanks, ladies. We so appreciate you. We'll see you next week.